Hello, everybody. Do you remember the saying, what would Jesus do? Or the acronym for it, WWJD question mark. It was very popular, especially in the 1990s and the early uh, 2000s. People wore bead bracelets with WWJD question mark on it. They had bumper stickers, mugs, and t-shirts imprinted with WWJD question mark. The phrase encouraged people to follow Jesus, to act like Jesus, and to consider how Jesus would react in different situations. To those who chose to wear the bracelet every day, uh, they felt like it was helpful and a constant reminder to consider uh, Jesus and to imitate him. But more than a trend, the Bible teaches us that we should imitate Jesus in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 1, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Be imitators of God, therefore is dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we see here in the Bible that the Bible tells us to be imitators of God. <clears throat> and uh, when we're imitators of God, we live a life of love. Just like Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So we can see that imitating God, imitating Jesus, uh, means that we live in love. <clears throat> in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Or in other words, we should imitate Jesus. We should uh, act like Jesus does. In verse 6, Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. <clears throat> so we see in this uh, passage of scripture that being like Jesus means that we become like a servant and we humble ourselves and that we're obedient no matter what that obedience to Jesus Christ cost, to God cost. In Matthew 5, um, verse 43, Matthew 5, verse 43, <clears throat> Jesus is talking and he says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who, who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain down on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So we see here in this passage of scripture that to be like Jesus, we need to love our enemies. We need to pray for those who persecute us, and we need to be perfect even as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And how in the world do we do that? We can only do that through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> um, and in, in dealing with this, loving our enemies and, and dealing with those who persecute us, there's a real good example of that in Luke uh, 9, verse 51. Luke 9, verse 51, and I'm reading this in the Amplified Bible. It says, Now, uh, when the time was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, 
he steadfastly and determinedly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before him, and they reached and entered a Samaritan village to make things ready for him. But the people would not welcome or receive or accept him, because his face was set uh, as if he was going to Jerusalem. In verse 54, And when the disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? So we see here that James and John wanted uh, the people of the Samaritan village burned to death. <laughs> burned to death. But uh, in verse 55, but he turned and rebuked them. Or in other words, Jesus turned and rebuked them and severely censured them. He said, "Do you do not know what spirit, what sort of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them from the penalty of eternal death. death. So they journeyed on to another village. So we can see here that Jesus didn't call uh, the people of the Samaritan village names. He didn't label them. He didn't curse them. He didn't spread gossip about them. He did not agree that they needed to be destroyed. Um, and that's walking in love. So we can see what our reaction needs to be towards those who are against us, those who persecute us, um, those who come against us. It shouldn't be to call down fire and pray that they would be destroyed and pray that they would be killed or call them names or do anything else um, that we're supposed to pray because Jesus Christ came to save them. In Luke um, 6, verse 32, we're learning about what Je what would Jesus do, and we need to act like him. Luke 6, verse 32 in the NIV, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So we see here that Jesus is telling us that we're supposed to love our enemies and do good to them. So if we're calling them names, if we're slandering them, if we're using all kinds of adjectives, if we're posting pictures about our enemies that are unflattering and all kinds of things like that, we're not doing good to our enemies. And we see here we're to be kind to the ungrateful, we're to be kind to the wicked, we're to be merciful, and then we'll be doing what Jesus, uh, what Jesus would do. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Uh, and uh, the first 
verse, uh, beginning of chapter 5, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So if we're going to do what Jesus did, we're not going to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what's helpful to building others up. We're not going to be busy tearing people down. Um, we're going to get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger. We're going to be kind and compassionate to one another, and we're going to forgive. Uh, and we're going to imitate Jesus, and we're going to give up our lives as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So I want to ask you a question today. Are the people that you are following, the people that you're listening to, are they abiding to this scripture? If you're hooked into people, especially um, people that you're listening to a lot that are not doing this, you'll become like the people you're listening to. And if you are, are hooked up and following and listening to people who um, are full of love and compassion and tenderness, then you'll become like that. So my question is, what would Jesus do? You know, uh, the life of Billy Graham, um, he served under, uh, was in the ministry under every kind of political, uh, 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 oh, what do I want to say, uh, theory and, and, and all kinds of different kinds of political leaders. Um, he served under Nixon and, and, uh, well, he wasn't serving them. He was an evangelist, but he uh, was ministering when they were in office. And you'll find that if you look at the life of Billy Graham, he was not uh, ripping apart politicians uh, that he didn't agree with. He just kept preaching the gospel and he kept walking in love. <clears throat> so uh, let's turn to First Peter, uh, the first chapter, verse 15. And we're talking about what would Jesus do? Um but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so uh, Jesus is holy and he wants us to be holy. So if we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to be holy. And I just finished a, a several week series on holiness. In 1 John 4, verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So when people think of you, is the first thing that they think of is love, love, tenderness, compassion. That's what we want. Uh, when we're walking as Jesus did, that's what's going to stick out in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, this is in the NIV, the Apostle Paul says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So I want to ask you again, who are you following? Uh, spiritual leaders, political leaders, um, people in the news media, people with talk shows and, and YouTube channels. Um, are they reflecting Christ? Are they pandering to your lower nature? You know, our lower nature, our human nature. We love scandal. We love gossip. We love to be angry about stuff. But uh, and that lower, that sinful nature calls people names, derides people, insults people, lies about people, jumps to conclusions, you know, posts things before they know the full story of it. And if you're following people like that, you're not following the example of Christ. Um, <clears throat> there's a po recent post by someone who, you know, touts himself as a prophet with pictures of FBI agents uh, supposedly dressed up in Melania Trump's clothes. 
So I want to ask you a question. Would Jesus have done that? I've seen missionaries and evangelists uh, post lies and fake stories about things that those that they didn't agree with politically. And you know, that's a really, really popular thing to do now among, among some Christians, um, just to post scandals and lies and, and half-truths about people. And um, Christians shouldn't be doing that. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, but Christians shouldn't do that. Christians should act honorably and should uh, walk in love and compassion toward people. Uh, an example of godly character in the face of political oppression was, is found in Daniel, the sixth chapter. <clears throat> and in Daniel, the sixth chapter, Darius was the king, and he appointed Daniel and two other people to oversee his overseers. So in other words, they were kind of like chief of staff, um, and they uh, were to do everything in the king's interest. And Daniel was so good, and he excelled at his job so well that the king was going to put him in charge of the entire kingdom. Well, the other two overseers, and they got other people stirred up, and they got other people stirred up, and and they began first to search for ways to discredit Daniel. Does that sound like politics today? Yes, it does. But Daniel was impeccable, and they couldn't find any dirt on him. In verse 4, it says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, that they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So these people hatched a plan to get the king to make a law forbidding prayer to anyone besides the king, King Darius. If anyone violated this law, they would be thrown into a lion's den, into the lion's den, <clears throat> and killed. So King Darius agreed to this. He signed it into law. <clears throat> and if you look into this story, you'll not find Daniel posting ugly pictures of the king or, or conspirators on his website. He didn't start, he did not start calling them names or trying to plan revenge. He didn't stir up a gang of Jews to overthrow the uh, King Darius. He simply went home and prayed to God as he has always, had always done. He asked for help and he thanked God. So Daniel was arrested and thrown into the lion's den. <clears throat> the king, who he didn't want Daniel to be killed because he favored Daniel greatly. Uh, the king said to Daniel in verse 16, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. God answered Daniel's prayers, and he was not killed by the lion. In verse 19, it says, Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, anguish Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lion? And Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. You know, Daniel kept his integrity and his love walk. <clears throat> and this king that he's calling your majesty, and that he hasn't wronged him, he was the one that signed the edict for Daniel to have to end up in, uh, in the lion's den. And look at the result of this in verse 25. 
Then Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He uh, performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So Darius, or Daniel, I should say, Daniel brought about change in his country in a godly way. So that's a really important lesson to learn, that we don't have to sink to the ways of the world. We don't have to sink to being, being ungodly to bring about change in our country. A similar thing happened um, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, with um, three men called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they wouldn't bow to the image of King Nebuchadnezzar, they were thrown into a blazing furnace. But God saved them uh, from the fire and from this king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar made a similar change in his country. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought about the change in their country in a godly way. <clears throat> we can learn from Stephen and from Paul and from others in the New Testament that were treated very, very bad by the governing authorities. They were uh, imprisoned, beaten, killed, um, but they didn't, they didn't uh, slander or, or speak ill of the governing authorities. <clears throat> When Jesus was arrested, he didn't have his disciples set up a smear campaign uh, against the governing authorities at that time. Um, none of these people went on the offensive trying to deride the leader of their country. And, you know, many Christians have gotten all backwards in their approach to politics and things going on in the country. It's so important to express our thoughts, but in an intelligent and respectful and well-thought-out way. <clears throat> with civil discourse. Calling people derogatory names does not have God's blessing on it. Spreading lies does not have God's blessing on it. Just because so-and-so said it does not make it true or certain uh, talk, talk television, radio, entertainment news, just because they said it doesn't make it true. Research things before you post them or repeat them or share them. Always believe the best of people. That is what Jesus would do. Remember that your first responsibility is on, in imitating Christ, not winning elections. <clears throat> we can say, you know, I disagree with this policy or I disagree with that policy or, you know, what he said was a lie because yesterday he said the complete total opposite or he's been proven Prove, this has been proven to be a lie, um, or I feel like a crime was committed and should be investigated, and this is why. Um, but when we start deriding people and um, uh, just acting ugly, uh, we're not act, acting like Jesus Christ. When you're listening to people that you listen to about world events, about politics, notice how many derogatory adjectives someone uses when they are conveying a story to you. Listen carefully. I encourage you to listen carefully. 
And every time a person uses an adjective or an adverb to an adjective to describe somebody, um, write it down. Write it down. Make note of it. Record what you're listening to and write it down and think about it. Think about how they have enhanced the story and tried to slant the story uh, by all their adjectives and all their name calling. Be very cautious of this because they're trying to manipulate what you're thinking about. Um, you know, it might be really fun to listen to. It might be entertaining. It might stir up all kinds of passion and anger in you and make you feel strong, more strong about the way you already feel. But it is not what Jesus would do. And don't be duped by people who say they're Christians but do this all the time. They are not acting like Jesus. They're not imitating Jesus. Um, that's just not the way God would have us act. Um, in 1 Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2, verse 2, in the NLT. Now, uh, Paul wrote this to Timothy, who is repeatedly put in prison. And, you know, uh, there was so much persecution of the church at this time. Christians were being persecuted. They were being beaten. Um, they were being put to death. And so this was written during this time. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. <clears throat> that says a whole lot. Paul is telling people to pray for the leaders of the day. And that meant leaders who were putting Christians to death. He didn't call them no good son of a guns, or he didn't call them murderers. He didn't call them names. He didn't, you know... He didn't do all the things that we're so familiar with today. But he asked Timothy, he told Timothy, and then Timothy told his church to pray for them. Because the end goal is for, for those people to be born again, to become Christians, to accept, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And um, I know when, at least what I'm familiar with, when there's a... a, a I'm sorry to say, when there's a Republican in office, uh, Christians are so eager to pray and so excited to pray and so fervent in their prayers and so, you know, just passionate about their prayers. When there's a Democrat in the office, they they don't want to have anything to do with praying that God would help that man. And that's not what Jesus would do. It's totally against scripture, and we need to examine our hearts if we're that way. Because our prayers, as we've seen in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and Daniel, our prayers can change a nation, and they can change a leader. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, uh, now, several places in the Bible, several places, it says that God is love. So when we're going to read these scriptures, just um, this is how we're supposed to act, because we're supposed to imitate God, we're supposed to imitate Jesus, so we're supposed to be full of love. 1 Corinthians 13.1, uh, 13.4, I'm sorry. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So that is what love is. And if we're imitating Jesus Christ, that is what we are. Patient, kind, not envious, not boastful, not proud, not rude. And name-calling is very rude. Not self-seeking, not easily angered. Keep no record of wrong. Doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. You know, there's a lot of people that are so excited when they find trash on somebody. And they're going to tell everybody the trash they found on somebody. That isn't love. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. <clears throat> and, um, you know, just, just some people, I, I, I'm going to read this next scripture. Um, some people are taken so, uh, are so, um, put such high esteem on prophecy. Um, but love triumphs every prophecy that could ever come out at any time. So if you're hearing prophecies that are not full of love um, and care and concern for people, then they didn't come from God. Uh, if we go to 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. So if you're listening to someone who's prophesying all the time, um, but they're not encouraging you to walk like Jesus and to do what Jesus did, then their prophecies are uh, worthless and they're actually very harmful. So um, I want to encourage you to, um, my husband preached a sermon called What About Political Prophecies? And it was a, one of the best sermons he's ever pre preached. I'm going to place a link, link for it below. It would be very, very good for you to watch watch that and listen to that again because um, people um, are getting kind of for the last maybe six years kind of wrapped up in political prophecies and um, it's it's really been a detriment to the body of Christ and it's 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 crazy 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 what some of these people say and have said so uh, the greatest example of what would Jesus do is in John 316. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the, wor condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So are we life givers? Are we love givers? Are we condemning people? Are we trashing people? Are we just frothing at the mouth to find things wrong with people? Um Let's be like Jesus. Let's do what Jesus did. So as a reminder, the, thing, the scriptures that we read, Jesus would love, sacrifice. He was a servant. He was full of humility. He was obedient. He was holy. He loved his enemies. 
He prayed for those who persecuted him. He didn't return evil for evil. He was merciful. He was kind and compassionate and forgiving. So I ask you today, are you doing what Jesus would do? Let's act like Jesus would act. Let's think like Jesus would think. Let's do what Jesus would do. WWJD, question mark. Let's be like that. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you've never made him your Lord and Savior, if you've never put your faith in him, I encourage you to do that today. Like we've read today, Jesus Christ is full of love and compassion and tenderness and forgiving for, for all of mankind, no matter how bad you've been, what wrong you've done. Jesus wants to forgive you, provide that forgiveness for you. So just call on, on his name, uh, ask him to forgive you of your sins and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Well, we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed that. And I, I hope you remember this week. What would Jesus do? Bye-bye.